Previously on Iron Immortals. You have defeated the Stonehounds, and you have released one of the university people who were being held by the the woods masks. We have some some bodies lying around, and I have this spell, Speak with Dead. I want to talk to Kristoff. What do you want? Where is the rest of your party now? I don't remember where they went after that dance, but I know that we were supposed to be but a few days travel from the city that Professor Archibus calls Precursor. They would have marched there three, maybe four days ago. They should be there now, I think. It's strange what happens with the corpse. The hands come up and touch the hole in its throat, and they reach up and they grab its mouth, and it just starts grabbing its own jaw and pulling as it emits a terrible scream, and you hear bones break, the jaw comes loose, and then it stops and is silent. Rest, my friend. That was fascinating. The Crooked Thimble returns after a holiday podcasting hiatus. Welcome back, us. We may have been on hiatus, but we have not been on vacation for all this time. Check out our updates on crookedthimble.com or patreon.com slash crookedthimble to see the development updates on our latest video game project. We may only continue to create these podcasts, write our novels, and produce our game with the support of our patrons. Let's move on, shall we? Our party is as injured as they have ever been, and they've learned a lot. Let's see how the Verdwood treats them when they spend the night in its loving embrace. You are all resting on the top of Sapstring Ridge. You've set up camp a little ways away from uh, where the battle occurred, but like literally you've gone off the path that you just sort of ruggedly beaten through the forest and found a, a small clearing at the top of the ridge that looks safe and defensible and that, that your bark cat isn't like growling and snarling at everything nearby. Angus is definitely on edge. As is, uh, Anton is feeling pretty cocksure of himself. Riku is recovering from being basically cooked and stabbed. I feel that. Tristran has had an opportunity to get some bandages, uh, and has not used any kind of magical healing. So his, his face is sewn up, where one of his cheeks has been ripped open. It's been sutured clothed, closed. But after seeing the bark growing on people who received magical healing, he is very loath to receive magical healing himself. Eustace, Eustace is crying. Again. Still? Yeah, well. Sort of off and on. He has been bidden by Tristran to, like, collect specimens of certain flowers that they've spotted around the area. And so very, very carefully, Eustace has been using pliers to pluck individual petals from the sunflowers. Wow. Trying to get them to not, like, catch fire and kill him. Yeah. Miriam, on the other hand, Miriam Hammersmith, who is the the woman who's the upper half of her face is now bark. She is passing in and out of consciousness. You've you've tried to speak to her a couple of times, and she's provided like cogent responses. Like you've 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 beckoned her to move, for example, and she's been able to walk for a bit with some support. But she doesn't seem to be entirely back to herself. 
Um, so she might do with a, with a rest before she can be, uh, properly, uh, interrogated. What I want to know about Impediment, Kaya, and Izzel is, here you are inside of this forest, as far from civilization as I imagine any of you have been. It's possible that I don't think Reed has been this far out quite. You've been to Sapstring Ridge, but you've never, you've never camped out here this, this far in. Mm-hmm. What is it that each of you finds yourself wanting to improve. You're getting this chance to rest, you're going to level up, but uh, I want to know why is it that you choose the thing you choose as a character? And this can be totally like a retcon way to get around. I want to know why you've learned to do the things you've done. And I think the first person I'll ask about that is uh, Bob Poteet, you are playing Isold Heisenberg, a professor from the university, out here to stop the machinations of your rival, Gene Archibus. How are you going to do that? By leading my team to greater discovery. That's right. We've got a couple scientists out here, researchers. We got some survival experts. We can we can beat Gene Archibus at this exploration and discovery game. Uh so what are you going to take as your level up move? Yeah. I was thinking the the next step of um logical observation. And what does that get you? And you know, when you use strict deduction to analyze your surroundings. You can discern realities with int instead of whiz, which is, you know, what, what the previous move was. In addition, on a 12 plus, you get to ask the GM any three questions, not limited by the list. Oh, Christ. Yep. Nice. Okay. Okay, Sherlock. I get it now. I see what you did there. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Fine. Fine. Uh, what stat are you going to improve? Charisma. And uh, what level does this make you? Six? Fifth, I believe. Okay. Hannah Garbaz, you are playing Kaya Wellsmythe. A uh, noble who is currently untitled, though I I doubt that will remain true forever. Uh, You are out here in the woods uh, helping your friend and doing the bidding of the Truth Seekers, as represented by... What's your name? Dagmar Karpanen. Dagmar Karpanen has bid you to stop this Jean Archibus from accomplishing her goals. How do you intend to bring bring that about? Well, I have some concerns about um, Isold's methods. I fear she may also be lured by the shiny, as it were. And so I'm going to be very observant and keeping in touch and making use of some of the, the skills and talents and kind of my, I'm sorry, can you get back to me? Because I thought I had done this and I had not. Okay. Okie dokie. Just two shakes while I pull up I pull up this thing. Brianna Dempsey, you are playing Impediment Reed, a reformed sap runner, uh, returning to the the lands which you used to smuggle into and out of uh, on the regular. Uh, you would be if you were not, uh, you know, having spent several years away from the forest now. I guess a few years away from the forest now. This would be old hat to you in a way. Welcome back. It's like riding a bike. You fall down a lot. Wait, no, I don't think that's how the <laughs> phrase is supposed to go. Uh, what are you bringing to this party uh, now that you've had a chance to rest after your battle? Well, I'm kind of torn. Um, I'm torn between two things, and I'm, I was hoping to mull it over, but I'll just propose them both, and then maybe by the time I'm done talking about them, I'll have decided. Um... They're both pretty appropriate to what's been going on lately. So the first is called A Good Day to Die. As long as you have less than your con in current hit points, or one, whichever is higher, take plus one ongoing. 
My con right now is three. Now, admittedly, I don't think I've spent that many sessions or turns at three or fewer hit points, but there was a few times. Statistics are not on your side for reaching that point and not being unconscious. On the other hand, speaking of statistics, there is an ability called Healthy Distrust. Whenever the unclean magic wielded by mortal men causes you to defy danger, treat any result of a six or less as a seven through nine. Oh, do 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 that. Yeah, and uh, there's been this whole theme of Isolde's magic kind of scares the F out of me. I think this is kind of appropriate. That's a rational reaction. Yep. <laughs> totally, totally rational. Uh, yeah, that one sounds pretty good to me. All right, I'll go with that one. Kaya, do you have any idea what you'd like to, to, to learn today? I do, in fact. Um, I was able to take a glance at this and see that I am fortuitously, I have been doing this weird alchemy stuff for a while now, and am in fact at level three and can therefore upgrade by cure light wounds to cure moderate wounds. So that doesn't take a move. You just have access to spells because you're, you're different than the wizard. Slash alchemist. So I also I, I was I also have a move. I will be adding my ranger move, a safe place. When I set watch for the night, everyone gets plus one to take watch. Ooh. I kind of think that might be good. That might that might be a reasonable thing to get good at. Yes. So uh, that seemed like a thing that I would get when wanting to go out into the into the woods um, with on and not you know die and not die or also and not have other people die around me, which is a thing that I am very into. It's a huge bummer. So that is what I will do. I will do a safer place, making everyone safer. A safer place. Like, I pictured the the More You Know logo flying over the sky, but it says, a safer place. <laughs> and next level up, I get to move from the level five spell level moves to the level six moves. That's exciting. Yes, they get they get real fancy. I think that'll even allow you to take a second, uh, a second cultist move if you so wanted. Hmm, that would be exciting. Ooh, when, when I get to be level six, I, I can make Angus awesomer. This makes yeah, me happy. the 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 sixth level ability is sort of uh, those ones are jumping into. There's a reason you only get five level ups before you have to retire a character at that point. Ah, you start getting real good at things. Wait, we retire at level ten? Yeah, you retire. At le- well, you get to play. It, uh, you retire after level ten. Yeah, there's a retirement system in Dungeon World. I forgot about that. <laughs> That's kind of fantastic. Oh, okay. Since I'm only level five, I cannot actually pick. Um, the uh, highly logical, because that I can only start that at level six. So oh no! To, so I have to pick something else. Well, shoot, shoot, shoot balls! I had ho- I just had thought you'd reached six by now. No, I do have a lot of XP banked up, but it's not quite enough to get to six. Ah, uh. <laughs> yes, I will get to six by the end of if if I get anything bad happen to me this session, I will get to six. Yeah. Oh, probably. that's fine. Will Will something bad happen to you? Who knows? Who knows? Uh, did you decide on a move that is not uh, highly intelligent, highly logical? I mean, I love the idea of know-it-all. Um, maybe Fount of Knowledge? Yeah. 
What does Fount of Knowledge get you? Fount of Knowledge says, when you spout lore about something no one else has any clue about, take plus one. Okay. I like it. That's good. I got no problem with that. As opposed to know-it-all, which is whenever another player's character comes to you for advice and you tell them what you think is best, they get plus one forward when following your advice, and you mark experience if they do. Oh, that's (laughs) great. Which is, you know, a team buff. It gets me more XP. The problem is that, you know, I don't think people should be taking Izzult's advice. Yeah, what I like is is that I think most people's bonds come down to... Izzled needs to take life advice from everyone else. <laughs> I'm pretty happy with that. That's pretty good. I, I still think you should totally take Fount of Knowledge, but yeah. the know-it-all yeah. is very funny. Yeah. So you guys are uh, setting up, you, you set up a, a makeshift camp. You've done this already in the woods before, but never, not this deep into the woods. The rains are just letting up. The rain that, that, that buffeted you during your combat is sort of uh, moving its way uh, northward, let's say. That's that's a reasonable direction. I don't know meteorology at all. You're going to need to set up a watch and generally uh, minister to your hirelings and to uh, your newly acquired uh, prisoner friend. Patient? Patient, maybe? Maybe. Sure. You have... You have some safety right now. Mostly you can tell this both from your own knowledge and from looking at Angus, who is grooming. Angus? Angus. Angus, isn't that his name? Angus the Bark Yes. Yes. Right. Christ, it's been too long. Thanks. I'm just imagining now a dude named Angus grooming himself. (laughs) He's got out the pomade and the, the comb. Uh, I would say that uh, Anton is actually uh, cleaning his weapons and armor. So in a sense, it's a it's a human grooming. Uh, Riku is asleep, recovering from his his wounds as best he can. He just found a tree and was just like briefly for a moment looked terrified as he looked down at the roots, and then he just shrugged, resigned himself, and laid down. What do y'all do? Tend to tend to Tristan's runes wounds. All right, Isolde, you go over to Tristran, and uh, he and Eustace, unless you want to volunteer to have, like, hurried, uh, applied some bandages and put, like, a really sort of crummy attempt at suturing up his his cheek. Uh, but he is shied away from any kind of magical cure for his injuries, but it also looks like he and Eustace did a, a piss-poor job of it. Isold, is it is it always like this? As far as I know, this is a that's that's a a vote of confidence. He's whispering because if he talks any louder, he's gonna aggravate his cheek. Well, I set to making that bandaging and that bandaging job better if I can. Let's give you a defy danger int to do this as best and, and intelligently as possible. Okay. I was tempted to do con because it's gross, but I think int you you can be detached enough to give it a try. That's right. Let's see if I can get him with a little bit of Florence Nightingale action. Okay, that's a nine total. Nine's all right. Yeah, that's a that's a stumble, a hesitate, or flinch. I can offer you a hard barger barger. Mm, great, a hard barger. Okay, a hard barger. Uh, oh, shoot. I accidentally closed. No, I didn't close anything. Why did this? Why is everything bad? 
Because it's 2017. Yeah, it's 2017. It only got worse.com. So here's the deal. What uh, gear do you do? You have adventuring gear with you? Uh, nope. Uh, do you have a healing potion? Yes. Okay. So here's what you're faced with. He's pretty solidly mangled his cheek. And it's not just that, like, the reason they had trouble suturing him up is that there is, uh, like, splinters of the the walk wood in his skin. And they were bumping into it and sewing around it because, you know, it they couldn't find a good way to extract it. Ew. You can take that out and leave him, like, badly injured, but it's not going to get infected. You know enough. To know you may you don't have germ theory because that's a little too much, but you know that they that these need to be cleaned of this this inf- of this stuff. Mm-hmm. But you have an opportunity to use just a dab of that magic potion, not even consuming its use, and he might not notice that you used the potion on him. But he'll get his smile back. But if you don't do something magical and immediate, this is not going to be a man who gets to smile like he used to. Oh no! I've got to preserve his smile. Oh, you! Oh, you do! You're gonna do that? Yes. All right. Uh, so, so you pour some of the concoction onto like one of the bandages, and you're mm. treating it like you're, you're just cleaning that stuff out. And you have to like use tweezers, which of course you have because you're an alchemist. And you like pull out carefully all of the little splinters. You're so careful and so good. And then you you pour just that that small amount and put it into the gap, and you see his skin sort of wrap around the sutures and, and close up a little bit, and it, and it closes up that little gap. And you know, maybe if you're very clever about it, he's not going to know. Please give me, as you're doing these ministrations, a defy danger whiz. Medical ethics? Con- informed consent? What's that? <laughs> yeah. Christ. That's a 12 on the whiz. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty damn good. That's real good. So it's the strangest thing. You notice that the wounds are getting that crusting over of bark. You see that that green that you saw at the edge of uh, of Anza's wounds when she got injured and the, and the forest started to call for her. You see that green pus start to come out. And then just as you're touching the wound, you see it all pull back in. And where the flesh had started to become bark, it reels in and it's pink skin. It will heal. But you may have you may have changed that by thinking about it. Hmm. I'll take it. What? I like that the I like that this forest responds to human will. What? Isold and Kaya. Not Isold and Kaya. Kaya and impediment. Hi. While these ministrations are going on, what are y'all up to? I mean, I know definitely part of Reed's immediate post combat come down is figuring out what the heck is with this bark on my stomach now. Okay. There's definitely poking and pressing to try and figure out, is that actually me? And it just looks like tree? Or is there like a thing in me now? That's kind of gross. Uh, I, I, I hate to do this to you, Impediment, but what that sounds like is you are attempting to spout lore as you're trying to get an answer to a question of what is this? Let me sure. double check that that's sort of what triggers spout lore. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's a spout lore or a discern realities. Uh, I think you are consulting your accumulated knowledge about a thing. Okay, sure. This is gonna go bad. This is this is not your strong suit, no. if not actually your literal weakness. It is my literal weakness. How'd I do? Uh, not I good. I did a six. A six isn't good? A six doesn't pass, does it? Uh, it does not. Oh. Let me, uh, let me go real quick. 
I'm definitely not looking at well, a list of I am of probably, moves. for setting up whatever horrible happens, I was probably kind of pacing back and forth across camp while doing this. Probably harassing Kaya and whoever else feels like listening. Um, yeah. So, other members of your gang have gotten sick in the woods before. And you always took them to Gran. I don't want to go to Gran. And... You remember suddenly that that green ooze that Anza got, that got the woods to call out to her when she was injured. Mm-hmm. And you see some of that seeping from your belly. Not too much, just a drip. A trifle, of course. Well, that's weird. But you know that Gran could put a stop to it. And maybe, just maybe, you should consider looking for her. Oh, crap. I will tell you this. If you, at any time during this session, or in the foreseeable future, choose to abandon the party and go looking for Gran, you will get one experience point. Good to know. Hmm. You're welcome. Uh. Also, mark XP. You gained XP just for failing. All right. Yay. Yay, good job. Yay. <laughs> Kaya, what are you doing at this, the earliest watch of the camp? Seems like a good idea to not necessarily rely on um, just a quick observation to tell me what's up. So I'm going to do a spiraling perimeter, just kind of slowly seeing, getting us a better, getting a lay of the land and a better idea of what's out there. I don't want to get surprised by something and when it's dark and I can't see and not know what resources I have. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, do you want to bring Anton with you? Yeah, it makes sense for me to bring Anton with me. He's My recollection is that he's not injured, so... Uh, he's totally unharmed, and he's really cocky. Oh yeah, the really cockiness. He's, he's cocky, he's got a sword, he's got that polearm, he's got a shield. Uh, he, is, he is very much prepared to be your backup on a short little scouting expedition to look around. Now, okay. do you want to head down the switchback? to uh, the Amber Grove at the base of the cliff? Or do you just want to per- go at the top of the cliff, the precipice, and see what you can see? Well, I want to start at the top of the cliff because that's what's at our backs. Um, anything that comes at us from below, it's going to have to probably go up that switchback. So that gives me a little more time. So it makes sense to kind of circle around the half circle and see if I can't ascertain what's at my back. Uh, give me uh, discern realities. All right. That's a 10. All right. So you're going to get all three questions. Um, you you are, you are and Anton are passing the time pretty well. And early in this, you've, you've had the opportunity to, to, you've realized that you don't necessarily need to be quiet. Not, you know, silent. You can whisper to each other. And so he's asking you questions about sort of what brought you here and you're asking him as well. And both of you have your eyes out. Angus, Angus, you notice, and I'm giving you this one for free, is staying on the opposite side of you from Anton, and seems to be a little nervous around him. Huh. What are your questions? Well then, um, what should I be on the lookout for? So as you're passing by the edge of the precipice, you look down to the amber grove below. You've never seen anything like it. This is definitely not something that happens on Earth, as a side note, but the amber has been sort of congealed and formed into crystals, these bright orange crystals which glow faintly at night now that the sun is going down you can see that but in amongst them 
you can see what built them. They're like sap spiders, but their their main body stands at about ten feet tall. With these eight long spindly legs, the amber spiders are moving in and amongst the amber grove, tending to it and sculpting the shapes of those crystals. Uh-oh. They're just going about their business, but as you thought the cliffside was safe, in a sense, if those things, for any reason, decided you guys were a threat, there isn't some place you can go to get away from them. Okay. Um, what here is useful or valuable to me? So there's a lot in this forest that you, as a ranger, thought were very, as the ranger, uh, thought were very rare. And your, uh, what you know of the alchemy that you've been discovering, uh, you can tell that some things in here resonate with your, what do we call it? Your, your focus? It's not the right word. It's a flute your catalyst flute. flute thing. The catalyst. Yes. And so you get two things that, that become immediately obvious to you. Uh, you have one additional use of Cure Light Wounds right now. You're just able to pick up flowers and, and other other things that you know can help to catalyze into the effect that you get. Uh, this will stick around. So essentially you have an additional use of that. Um, so keep that in mind or take a note of it. The other thing is, is if you uh, use the Gather... Uh, the create concoction move out here, uh, you are going to get a plus one forward to that, as you've noticed that there are more things out here that you can make. In addition, you will, while you're in this forest, be able to create concoction for uh, healing potions. Nice. Nice. Okay. It's always risky out here. Essentially, the cost of failure of create concoction out in the woods is incredibly dire, but there's a lot here you can use. Finally, what here is not what it appears to be? Anton said that he was like the fifth son of a distant noble, and you'd heard of the family, and his credentials looked good. But it worries you when you ask him about where he's visited. He's been to Kunin Forge as well, but he just literally knows none of the same people as you do. He can name big names that have shown up in headlines or been talked about by town criers, but it's like he doesn't know any of the right people. And you worry that he might not be either who he says he is, or he might not be out here so far from his family for the reasons he says he is. Hmm. You're out here alone in the woods with this man who may be a stranger. You're making small talk. What do you do? I'm going to ask him a little bit more about himself. Mostly casual. Um, has the vibe of... I, I am going to attempt to convey the vibe of um, someone who might... It be interested in being a mentor and um, is testing a student. So I'll ask him for knowledge of things that I think he sh- that he should, um, given what he has told me, know about the forest and um, the things around us, and then also kind of just continue to poke and prod at, at what's going on here. So he tells you, like you know, I haven't been, I've never camped in the forest before. I, 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 I was nervous when I signed on to this. I, I was really worried that I wasn't going to be able to do what I needed to do, that I wouldn't come out alive. This is, this is a dangerous place to be, but now I'm, I'm here and it's, it's beautiful and it's dangerous, but it's not dull. This place, it just, it calls to me. Uh-oh. Do you, do you get that? Do you feel that? You've been here before. Why'd you come back? Oh, I, I understand the lure of the unknown and the forest. 
Um, it is a little unusual to have something so dangerous feel so familiar. I would be careful if I were you. Um, uh, something you wouldn't want to assume something is safe just because it feels good. He, uh, brushes against some leaves to pull them aside, and you see him lightly jostle a sunflower. But as it does so, he carefully, and without, like, any sudden movement, stops it from shaking and keeps holding the tree out of the way for you. He is very familiar with that gesture. It was, in fact, unconscious just about. Yup. (laughs) I wonder if sunflowers grow outside the forest. That's very interesting. I don't want to press him too hard because I don't want any... I don't want him to get suspicious if he's not here for the right reasons. But I might... I'll ask him, so does anything look familiar here? Anything feel... What What? What specifically feels so natural and right to you? It's, it's very interesting. All right. Like, like he, he steps through and you're, you're in a, a sort of clear spot between several trees and he looks up at the stars. He can see through the stars, the, through the canopy to the stars in this spot. And he points and he goes, okay, that constellation, that was up the the night my sister was born. We're under the same sky. And I see these flowers and I recognize them from the alchemist's dens. I know that that one over there, if you brew it in a tea, you'll get the strangest high that makes every blue bluer. Here's what it is. It's like, it's familiar because so much of Mustanenfell depends on this place, and I just don't think about how much that is until I look at the Walkwood and I feel its warmth, and I look at things and I see that they're familiar. They're just the stuff before the stuff that I get. They're they're the the tea before it's been dried. I know that we treat this place as alien, but we live from it. Don't you think that maybe we shouldn't think of this as the enemy? Hmm, that's very interesting. I hadn't thought of it before. Uh, what expression are you making? Uh, just kind of one of interested consideration. You know, he's brought up something very true. We do, in fact, use these herbs and things from the forest that I... As I had just observed, I, I know what these herbs are, and they, there they are. So it's not... I, I'm just kind of making a face that says, hmm, that's that's interesting. I'll have to think about this more. Because of that, I'm going to give you a, a terrible offer for an extra experience point. Uh, if in the future, in this session, or one in the in the foreseeable future, you treat something as the, from the forest with trust when others treat it with distrust, you will gain an experience point. Okay, that's interesting. You should make a note of that because we totally won't remember. Uh, I will make a note of that. So you complete your control, your patrol. You don't think anything's coming up on you. Uh, you actually pass by the area that the uh, well that Miriam must have passed through to sneak up on you guys, and you don't see any signs of her passing. The, the the trees that she must have passed through like they could must have returned just to how they were before. But you do notice that you hear the chirping of what I guess would be forest crickets. Don't ask how big they are or what shape they are, but just know that they have that chirping. And you realize that, that it did go strangely quiet before the attack happened. But in the rain, none of you had noticed. And you feel relatively at ease that there's nothing stalking you. Or if there is something stalking you, it's something different than than the last attack. There's no real safety in the Verdwood. Is there anywhere? And you return to camp. Uh, 
there's less safety. Well, okay, Mastanafel's pretty dangerous right now. Fair. So, uh, I have a question that's probably going to be dumb. Not dumb, per se. But probably it's going to lead to me doing something maybe not wise. I could roll good. Um, hmm. I kind of want to eyeball the surroundings to see if any of the trees are good candidates for tapping. If we're stopping here for the night. Impediment. You want to look for a tree which you might tap. And the idea is a, a tree that's a good candidate for n- not setting the whole forest on alert when I tap it. I imagine that that's a thing I've learned how to look for. Yeah, I think so. Um, I'm tempted to treat that as another int roll, but I don't- I can see it going either way. <laughs> Let's let you use your keen observation right now. Uh, so we will use wisdom as you sort of just look around the edges of camp. Like you go yeah. a little bit out of sight and you look at yeah. look for, for good trees to tap. Yeah. Give that a give that a try. Give me a roll plus wisdom. Oh my god. That did not change your result, madam. Mm. Mm, I'm having a bad day. You absolutely find a tree. Uh, there's there's a special like texture to the bark that you've known to look for, and you know that you're supposed to look for trees that, whose roots don't intertwine with that many roots mm-hmm. above ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that that's a that's an important step to this to this process. Um, you've watched the other members of your gang do it before. Uh, you of course have like a tapping kit, mm-hmm. and you don't have a bucket because that would be silly. But you've got uh, you know. Essentially, a cup with a special hook on it that'll hook onto your uh, your tapping gear. Mm-hmm. And so you find this tree, and you you whittle your way in, and you tap into it, and you get the the first few drops coming out. But the drops are milky, like there were particles suspended in it that aren't usually there, that are you know placky or 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 just white. Ew. Ooh. Ew. <laughs> you hear it, like you feel it's the skin of this tree and you notice that it's quite hot it's it's hot like fever hot ah oh, shit um time to abort the tapping <laughs> could you give me uh i'm my a defy danger con yeah um my idea is to uh try and uh uh remove my tap and i i don't really know what you would patch up a can't really put a band-aid on it. Eh. I mean, it's just it's just going to ooze sap from that spot. That's what happens when you pull a tap out. Yeah. I still feel like there's... Oh, of course. Okay, I'm going to need to go find a little lizard or something after this. That's what it is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah, but in the meantime, to t- Defy Danger Con for getting off of the tree in time. Uh, actually, that's not what the Defy Danger Con's about, oh, but shit. you'll find out. Um, well, that was my plus con. It's an 11. It's an 11? Mm-hmm. Nice. Oh, that's that's good. Uh, you feel the heat as you touch the tree transfer to your belly. Ow. You feel that fever welling up in the bark that is on your skin. What? And you 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 reel away and you pull the and you pull the tap out. And you feel your your you sort of feel your belly cool off. And that fever, that sudden hot fever, does not cause you any harm at all. What? You have a small cup that is surprisingly full of this fever sap. I'm going to have to think about what the heck to do with this. Yeah, you could show it to Izzel. Uh, yeah. Hmm, no. Hmm. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, come on. 
It'll be great. Um, actually, I would probably immediately be trying to think back, uh, to see if I remember anything about Fever Sap, uh, being milky, and if it has good or bad things about it? I have to, uh, I have to look a thing up now. Uh, give me a, give me a spout lore. Give, give me a roll plus int, because that's, that's the only thing that can be. I know. Don't worry, later on this session, I'll start lifting some weights. That can't be right. I'll be doing feats of strength. Yes, that can be right. I got an 11. Nice. You got an 11. What the hell is going on? I rolled two sixes. That's perfect. Reed likes her sap. Uh, so back when Rake and you had a thing, he was complaining about something that Rain Adder would do with fever sap. Rain Adder had a knife that had a shallow well in it that he would fill with fever sap and then heat it up so that it became this kind of resin. That resin, when it goes into a person, makes it a terribly aggravated wound. Oh. But uh, if you make this fever sap resin uh, and cook it onto a weapon, if that weapon has one of those reservoirs, this effect will last a day. None of your weapons do. Nope. Uh, but if you just do it to the surface of a weapon for one strike, you will do best of damage. Oh, jeez. Nice. And you have, uh, a few uses of that. We'll say that it would take a, uh, a roll plus int to measure it out appropriately, and that essentially until you get a partial success or a failure on that, it's gonna keep working. Alright. Um. You should put that on some arrows. That would be baller. That's really fascinating and all, but Reed's super disappointed. I'm just gonna next go trolling about camp to try and find some small lizard or small nest of eggs or something. All right, as you're busying yourself with that. This probably looks really weird to everyone else, walking around with a cup of milky sap, muttering to herself about fucking fever sap and useless garbage. <laughs> uh, you all return to the campsite if you were away and hear her muttering about that. Uh, in addition, Miriam has begun to rouse. Isold, what do you do? Oh, hi. H- um, hi? My name's Isold. What's your name? Was it Miriam? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm Miriam Hammersmith Isold. I, I, I know who you are. Uh, she's squinting some, like, as though it were bright, and it sure isn't. Uh, though I assume you guys have started the fire, or else you will be very cold. Yes. Yes. Um, so she's just sort of turning her away from the fire. Uh, uh, yeah, Isold, uh, hi, uh, are you still on sabbatical? Well, let's worry about you first. How are you feeling? I feel awful. She blinks, and you notice that her her eyelids have a wooden texture to them. It's like watching a puppet blink. Oh dear. Can you see alright? I, I can. It's it's really it's really bright. You notice that her eyes are, are dilated? Right. Why don't I make a compress for your face? That's that sounds that sounds good. Um you are not, uh, you're, you're much, um, friendlier than, than Jean said you might be. Oh, has Jean been talking about me? Uh, she, she does. She, if she drinks, she gets, um, uh, she gets angry at a lot of people. <laughs> you, you're not the, the, the rudest. She, she isn't the rudest towards you. She's, she's the rudest towards this guy named Tristran. <laughs> <laughs> you hear, <laughs> you hear a spit take from across camp. Is she now? 
Oh, oh yeah. She says that Tristan took her research. Yeah, another spit take. That one was from <laughs> Eustace. I didn't know that I could love Tristan any more than I do already. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say that out loud? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Miriam laughs and accepts the compress that you put over her eyes, and you can see that she, like, immediately, like, relaxes, and you don't know whether it was that statement or the not having any light in her eyes anymore. Um, what, what, what's brought you into the woods? You shouldn't be in these woods. Well, really, no human should be. But what do people come into these woods for? Oh, oh. There are humans who should there are humans who should stay here and they should not get out. Right. About them. Yeah. She uh her hands start to shake a bit. How many were there? In the first party or or do you mean in Semel Atsum? Is Jean's expedition party in as good shape as you? One of the mercenary companies has uh abandoned the field. There are about twenty of them and they left. Um, before their casualties got too great. Brightblade, though, they stuck around. And, uh, I think there are, there are 15 or so of them. Um, to my knowledge, they're, they're alive and well in the city, uh, along with Professors Kent, Zetland, uh, Litchfield, and, of course, um, Professor Archibus. Uh, some of the staff, uh, were hurt and, and have been lost. Um, I think we've lost all of our interns. They are the first to go, usually, I've noticed. I make a pointed glance at Eustace. Reed happens to be walking by Eustace when he bursts out crying and just kind of pats him on the shoulder there, there, and keeps walking, looking for a small animal to sacrifice to the tree she pissed off. Eustace seems to have stopped gathering sunflowers for the night and appears to be preparing a bunch of healing potions. Hmm. Like, a lot of them. They are of varying degrees of quality. Oh, I'm going to have to supervise that later. That that might be good. Most of the party is still around, and that damn throne is fine, as is that bed. The bed. What's the bed? She? So we got all these croxivores, right? And we got all these wagons. Can you imagine going through this forest with wagons? So here we are, you know... Fucking leveraging trees out of the way, taking an entire day to go around someplace because it's not big enough for a wagon. And and there it is, two of these, like, five or six wagons with a throne on it, on the front, where the, where the driver could sit if it so, if it so pleased them and Jean let them. And this bed, this moon bed, a, 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 a round wooden bed with a wooden canopy, uh, all the way across the top of it. I don't know where she got it. It's walkwood, I know that. But it's a darker walkwood until I, than, than I'd ever seen before. Weird. Brought it all the way out here. She said that it was important for finding the first city, which she already named herself Semel Atsum. I could use a drink. Well, I'll look for some whiskey or beer. What, are, what did we bring? Wine? I mean, do you still have the druid mead or whatever it was? Sure. Oh, Jesus. Okay, yes. Uh, so you give her a sip of the druid mead? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. That's that's real good. Uh, you take plus one ongoing to charisma checks with uh, with our friend Miriam now. <laughs> awesome. Congratulations. Awesome. Now, Miriam, assuming that Jean Archibus has uh, still in charge 
of at least some number of people. Mm-hmm. What do you intend to do when you find her? When we find her, we're going back. Why would you go there? Well, we should get out. You go over that ridge. You'll see that city, and I don't think they let people go. She gestures vaguely in the di- direction of I think I called them the Ridgeback Hills. All right, but there is a there's a rocky outcrop uh, to the north and east of you, and you can see that it that it sort of has a divide. That there's a pass between two sharp, craggy hills, and that must be the ridge that she is talking about. The ridge beyond it is a city, maybe. Yeah, Semel Atsum or whatever it's called. I think we could should you know at least try to come up with. I don't know. Something a little more evocative. Uh, but, I mean... I agree to that. I like it. I like it. Get get it, get me a better name. I like it. I'll put it in my, my fictional account that no one will believe of this place. Fictional? No, no, no. We're going to go there. We're going to discover it. We're going to put our names on it. And we're going to bring stories back to civilization. Heisenbergia? Well, I'd be flattered, but no, no, no. That wouldn't do at all. I'm sure the natives have their own name for the place. We should attempt to use it. Yeah. City of the Evil Wooden Masks. Done. <laughs> Done. Maskburg. I like it. I like Maskburg. That's that's good. Uh, I'll take Maskburg. Uh, See, so you've named it. It's good. We don't have to go back. <laughs> well, you don't, but I think we still need to. Ooh. All right. What is everyone else doing during this conversation? Impediment and Kaya. Setting up camp making sure the fire is going to stay up all night, uh, signing watch, paying attention. Uh, you managed to, to assign yourself and Anton, and I, unless is uh, Impediment has a protest, will Impediment take a watch as well? I will take a watch, but I don't want to, I don't want to take the first morning watch. Fuck that shit. I don't like getting up early. Sleep in. Uh, so do you just want to stay up late right now and be the first one staying up late? I'd be okay with that if people are okay with that. Yeah, that's fine by me. Yeah, no, that's fine by me. Yeah. Okay, so you you sort it out. Uh, Anton will take the second watch, and uh, Kyle will take the third then. Yeah, that's fine. Get up early. As such, actually, as soon as you've made that assignment, Anton, like, walks over to the same tree that Riku has fallen asleep under, and, like, arranges his bedroll, because, of course, Anton brought a bedroll in his gear, and, and sets it out and immediately, like goes through the business of going to sleep. Yeah. You take a second uh, watch, you gotta do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Miriam continues to uh to talk. Um what information would you let's abstract this a bit. What information do you want out of her? What questions do you have that you would most kind of want answered? That's an open question to all players. Yeah, I'm thinking Well I guess where you know, what the layout of the city is, um, if she knows it. And how you know, Anything about what drew um, Jean here in the first place? How did she? How did she find this place? What does she know? So, when it comes to the layout of the city, Miriam is is pretty open. She actually didn't go into the heart of the city itself. They were taken to a, a greeting ceremony to bless them and allow them access to the city, and that's where that dance occurred, where she was given the mask and foolishly put it on. Mm. Uh, at the encouragement, might I add, of all of the senior professors who were like, "No, no, no! When in when in Rome, whatever the equivalent of that will be here, you know, when in Kuninforge, do as the Kuninforgians do." Uh, which that's a, a terrible city name for people, but whatever. The city is laid out on a grid. It is it is very ordered orderly, though it's an irregular grid. It's not just equally sized squares. It is all built around a ziggurat. 
that is in the middle. And then there are smaller ziggurats sort of in a ring outside of that. And then many smaller structures beyond that. It has roads. Some of those roads are paved. Um, they seem to have quarried the nearby hills uh, to get a lot of stone out of here. Um, importantly, there are walkwood trees incorporated into the architecture, acting as support elements in several parts of the city. Though, above and beyond, the most important, like, architectural feature of this city is the fact that above the temple is another small building that is attached by sap strings and held in place, floating there above it. Floating? Yes. It is called the High Temple, and to her knowledge, no one's been allowed in. She's never seen someone go in, but the the natives talked of proclamations from the High Temple. Huh. Well, I sure would like to meet who's doing this proclaiming. Um, I'm curious if there's been any sightings of, uh, what do we call the giant iron statues that don't break? The Iron Immortals? Yes, thank you. I'm so brain dead tonight. Title mention? Yeah. We call them title mention. <laughs> Title drop. So while they've been in the woods, they have not seen any, even though uh, that's actually been noted by some of the professors that they should be encountering more. They've traveled, you know, fucking like 100 miles or something crazy like that. They should have been encountering them with some measurable, predictable frequency, but they haven't seen any. So either there aren't wells out here or they're concealed in some way. Okay. Um, but no sign of one near the city, at least not obvious. And she didn't really make it all the way to the city. Nerg. Okay. Uh, how about giant tegu with masks on them? All the time. Yeah. People are using them for all sorts of labor. Oh, great. That's wonderful. Uh, they walk around freely. They're not unleashed. They're not harnessed unless they're carrying something. Oh, yeah. No, they wouldn't be. Mm. 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 You had that second question uh, about what uh, Isold asked about how the professor knew where to go. Give me a Defy Danger Cha against Miriam. With a plus one. With a plus one. Awesome. Defying Danger. Right, so that total is gonna be a 14. Wow. So Miriam, she's been a junior executive assistant administrator at the Bursar's office for a very long time. And she'd been trying to... uh, get a promotion from Zeno Litchfield, the senior administrator of the Bursar's office, who is traveling with the expedition. That gets your attention because a senior administrator without any other mincing of words is very rare. There are not many people with that position. That's significant. And Jean, when you left, was still an adjunct professor. She shouldn't be able to get that kind of attention from the school. And that had bothered Miriam as well. And when she tried to, uh, you know, essentially cozy up to Zeno, she's convinced that Jean is the head of this expedition so that it will be her head that rolls when it goes wrong. And that somebody else in the party is the one who actually discovered the location. Well, that makes sense. Jean is starting to drift off again. She's clearly taken, like, quite a lot and been possessed for- Miriam. Sorry, Miriam has been possessed for days, and she may not have slept during any of that, and you can kind of hear her voice shaking as she says sort of the rest of it. For fairness's sake and dramatic's sake, Kaya, do you have a question for Miriam before she drifts off? No, I 
actually don't. I'm much more interested in Anton's reaction to Miriam. Um, is he interested in what she has to say? Maybe overly so. Uh, give me a defy danger whiz for observation. That's going to be a 14. That's not fucking around. No, sir. I didn't even have Angus's help. You're watching him like you're familiar with you've watched an opponent in mares before in your weird West Wall version of mares. And you notice that when he was talking with you earlier and he was talking so kindly about the forest and so familiarly, he had his poker face up in some ways. He was being kind, but he's one of those people who smiles all the way through a poker game. Right now, he doesn't think anybody's watching him and he is watching with great interest as she talks about the high temple and also when you know some prodding questions were asked since we're sort of uh not doing literal translations of this conversation that's happened here uh as people asked about that he leaned in he tried to feign indifference like tough guy indifference but it it just didn't his defenses dropped and you can tell that he is very excited to hear more about that high temple interesting okay guys sleep sort of makes its way to all of y'all. Uh, Kaya needs to get straight to sleep because she has a watch pretty soon. She has a watch, you know, early in the morning. She needs to get her full rest. Did I ever find some small little thing to kill on the tree that I hurt? You did. You actually found you found a frog's nest that has, like, row, essentially. Perfect. Like, in it, inside of, like, a bowl plant. A pitcher plant. Uh-huh. And so you you reach in there and you scoop some out. And you see, you know, the little movements of the uh, of the, the will someday be tad- Will never be tadpoles within. Yep, they are not going to be tadpoles anymore. They are not making it. How would you sacrifice, you know, row-sized, large row? The big, like, the honking ones. Uh, you know, uh, eggs. I mean- Reed's not always the very cleverest, but, uh, I mean, they fit in the hole that my tap left on the tree. Sure, yeah. (laughs) Just pop them right in there. You feel sort of a calmness over you when you do that. You're not sure if it's just your own tension because you've, you've satisfied this weird addiction to sacrificing for the forest, or if something really did change. I mean, Reed's pretty superstitious. She probably thinks something really did change. You're sure that something really did change. Tune in next week to see just how badly a night on watch can go as the Crooked Thimble plays Iron Immortals. Please take the time to rate this podcast on iTunes or wherever you find it. Share your favorite episode, get the word out. We don't pay to advertise, but we do take donations to keep the Crooked Thimble running. Our music this week was composed by Sergei Tremzinov. You may find links to his work in the show notes. The Crooked Thimble is a Patreon-funded company. If you want to hear more of these adventures, please head on over to patreon.com crookedthimble and support us. And, as always, thank you.